You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is time to make good decisions and win some money here on the SB Nation NFL Show. This is, of course, our Friday offering the football cheat sheet. I am your host, Michael Kist, and today we are talking all about the conference championship games. Obviously, Chiefs, Bills, Bucks, Packers, you know the drill by now. And to help me do that, I am joined, as always, by the always prescient Kate Majuk of DK Nation, a.k.a. Clairvoyant Kate. Big weekend ahead. How are we doing, Kate? I'm doing awesome. I literally, I've been so giddy just reviewing all of the content for these matchups. I don't think there have been two conference title games that have been just as well matched as the mm. in since I've been watching football. I'm actually relatively new to football. I've only been watching. I, this is my sixth year as a football consumer. Um, I got Kidding. very obsessed. No, I got very obsessed very quickly, but uh, I can't remember ever having a conference title game with just two teams in each division that I think are so well matched for the other. It's regardless of DFS, regardless of postseason fantasy, it doesn't really matter because this is going to be a lot of really good football. Yeah, the the storylines are great. The teams are great. It looks like they're going to be incredibly fun matchups. Like this isn't like it doesn't feel like either of those are going to be a defensive battle and we're going to help you weigh those waters in terms of who's going to score what I'm going to tell you there's probably going to be a lot of scoring and look normally uh, uh, Gina Kelly would be here with us uh, but she has a jam-packed schedule today on her side of things which is totally understandable considering all of the great work she does here at SB Nation so it's on me and Kate to carry the torch here uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show let's set the table here uh, as has been the case for the playoffs the first half of the show is all daily fantasy as we try to help you get your lineups nice and tidy and ready to win big this weekend. Uh, we'll also get into some gambling jibber-jabber with spreads over-unders, maybe some props sprinkled in there in the second half of the show. Uh, before we get to that, though, I'll remind you that we are currently accepting five-star reviews and uh, written reviews in Apple Podcasts, so make sure that you're rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the feed as we near Super Bowl week, where we've got a, a ton of extra special content planned. We'll, we, we will reveal more about that in the uh, coming days, but keep an eye out for that as we plan to do it big here on the SB Nation NFL show. There is also, of course, some NFL news to tidy up here right up top. Uh, I think the thing that caught everybody's attention yesterday was the introductory presser of new Detroit Lions head coach Dan Campbell, who made it sound like the Lions were going to get the crap beaten out of them, but they would also bite off your kneecaps. Uh, I guess my question to you is, Kate, do we think Dan Campbell has actually committed a murder, an actual murder in the past, because he certainly sounded capable and willing? Um, I'm going to say that this uh, – let's just read a couple of lines here. We're going to kick you in the teeth, right? And when you punch yeah. it back, we're going to smile at you. That's that's a little sadistic. <laughs> Knock us down. We're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. 
And we're going to stand and we're going to take two more. It's going to take two more shots to knock us down. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up and we're going to take three shots to get us down. And we're going to take another hunk out of you before long. We will be the last one standing. Um, This kind of reminds me of the, uh, if I did it book by OJ Simpson. <laughs> um, I, like this is this is the football version of that. I think we really have to watch for Dan Campbell. Uh, watch him in the the post game pressers uh, because he might eat one of these reporters if they ask a wrong question. We just gotta we have to tread lightly. But yes, he sounds like he's speaking from personal experience. <laughs> I mean, this is football guy jargon turned up to eleven. It was, it was so over the top. It's incredible. And look, I, I don't buy into these introductory press co- uh, pressers meeting much of anything unless you're like Adam Gase where it's like the total negative because he's all bug-eyed and looks like he's you know <laughs> on something. I, I, don't, I don't think they're important at all. This one was just like I don't know what he's going to be, but I am absolutely fascinated uh, by him moving forward. So I think you're right. Appointment viewing for his press conferences. We'll see how it works out and how the players respond to that because – they got to be looking at the guy like he's uh, a bit off, but they may love it. They may love it. Who knows? And, Honestly, and, and, yeah. I, I really think uh, something that maybe the Detroit Lions are missing is this sort of mentality of taking on your city. I think that's one of the things that we've seen in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield really took the personality of Cleveland on. It was this uh, you know, desert wasteland of talent before nobody wanted to go there until Baker Mayfield went there and said like, yeah, let's do this. Let's turn the city around. Josh Allen did that with the Buffalo Bills. Maybe this is the time where you just need these guys to own it. Be like, yeah, we're the Detroit Lions. We sucked for a really long time, but we're going to, we're going to blow this thing up and we're going to maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe the guys will buy into that because I do think that that's been a huge part of what has turned around these other franchises. Yeah, and I, I don't care how you get it done as far as the buy-in goes, but if you can get it and get it however you can because it's hard to come by in the NFL and the Lions could certainly l- l- need some leadership that they can get behind because they have lacked it uh, with Matt Patricia there almost a, a total – when he was fired, like all of his former players and social me- taking to social media to, to bag on the guy, uh, maybe Dan Campbell will inspire a little bit more from them. Uh, in other news, the Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni – I think I'm saying that correctly. Maybe I have to go real Italian with it. Sirianni <laughs> will be will be the new head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, for more on that, I would direct you to my former stomping grounds, Bleeding Green Nation. Benjamin Solak had actually recorded a podcast on Thursday morning where he was pounding the table for the Eagles to hire Sirianni instead of the other candidates like Josh McDaniels and so on. That episode was literally about to be published when the news broke. So That's incredible. Yeah, right. He put a front end qualifier on that pod just to let you know, like, hey, this is actually how this this recording went down. We published it shortly after, uh, which I think adds value to the feel of it because it's Solak's raw thoughts on it that aren't impacted by the actual hiring news. So that podcast is up on BGN. And for more, you can always head on over to Bleeding Green Nation. One more quick piece of news before we get into the DFS here. Uh, The Washington football team, it has been uh, reported, they've announced Martin Mayhew as its GM. And in this case, the GM is going to report to the head coach, which is a fascinating dynamic. So Mm. Martin Mayhew will report to head coach Ron Rivera and also work alongside uh, uh, Marty Herney in the front office. Herney uh, spent his previous stint with the Carolina Panthers, if I am not mistaken on that. So with that all out of the way, Kate, 
The focus lately has been DFS. And that train isn't stopping now because we've got the conference championship games to get involved with here. Let's start with the most important position in the game and the most important to your fantasy success. Of course, I am talking about quarterback. So as we look at it here, there, there, there's not a whole lot to, to pick and choose from. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, leading the pack in terms of salary, you know, at 7,600 is Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen is at 69. Nice. Uh, hundred. Uh, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is at 6,500. Tom Brady at 6,100. So it kind of tears down a little bit there. And then, of course, Chad Henney. How can you not have uh, plenty of ownership in Chad Henney at 5,000 just in case Patrick Mahomes can't play? I think it's pretty obvious at this point that Mahomes will, in fact, uh, play. But, you know, go to Arrowhead Pride to get your updates on that. So, Kate, as you look at the top of this, of this group, which makes it very appar- apparent that quarterback is very important in the NFL. What, how are you attacking this? Are you setting certain lineups with certain stacks? Are you going all in on one quarterback and, and kind of really trying to feast there? Or what are, you, what are you looking at? You know, I'm not really, really set on any individual quarterback this week. Um, you know, the the one player that I, I think, if fully healthy, I would be buying into is Patrick Mahomes. But as you know, assuming he clears concussion protocol, uh, it sounds like he will at this point. Um, assuming all that happens, he's still managing a toe injury, which had him pretty, uh, pretty hobbled, pulled him out of the game briefly, you know, uh, last week. I don't think that uh, we're going to see that same mobile Patrick Mahomes and not that he needs to be mobile, but it helps getting him out of the pocket and uh, having him make those sideline plays that only he can, the no look passes Getting him out of the pocket, I feel like just sets him on fire, and he might not he might not be full Patrick Mahomes, which is still better than most. But because of that, I'm not necessarily pivoting to any one quarterback. But I do like Aaron Rodgers here, who's uh, sitting at the third highest pricing. He's sitting at sixty five hundred dollars, which um, it, you know I'm looking at all of these different quarterbacks. There's you know really only four on the slate, um, and they're all not great matchups like for these quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, when he last played the bucks, 45% uh, completion rate, 160 passing yards, uh, two interceptions, no touchdowns. That was his only game of the season where he did not throw a touchdown. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking he's going to uh, hopefully overcome that this time. He is, you know, at home, you have a, a, a warm weathered team traveling to, t- uh, to green Bay, I think the game script is more in, in Rogers' favor here, but even Josh Allen against the Chiefs this year didn't have a great game. I think all of these guys are, are like I said earlier, just well-suited. Uh, these defenses are well-suited for the quarterbacks they're facing and vice versa. So given that's the case, I'm going to go with uh, the guy who's, who's really just, he's the MVP this year, thrown five picks on the season um, he's at home in Lambeau. He's on a roll. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers, and he's uh, an opportunity to save some money at 6,500 bucks. I think that the prices here are impacted by a few things, and they all work in favor of Aaron Rodgers as far as that works out in terms of the value. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, over the last three games, has not hit 300 yards. He had the one uh, three touchdown game back in uh, December 20th against the Saints. But other than that, two touchdowns, one touchdown, like not not real big fantasy days for him. And he's not going to get you rushing yards, I don't think, uh, uh, very many anyway this week. And it's just like the public perception 
of Patrick Mahomes isn't the reality of how he has played over the last couple months, and especially because the pressure has been racked up on him so much, and now the mobility takes a knock with the foot injury. Of course, he's got the concussion that he's been dealing with, but I think it's the public perception that is driving this price for Patrick Mahomes. I guess the Bills defense like isn't that great over the season, but I feel like has gotten better week over week and, and really made some big plays in the Ravens tilt. So I think he is slightly overpriced. So I, and with Aaron Rodgers, you know, talking about the, the, the factors that go into this pricing, you mentioned it against the Bucks last time. They got blown out after going up 10 nothing. They lost that game 38 to 10. It was Aaron Rodgers' third worst passer rating for a single game in his entire career. You had to go back to like 2012 to find a worse game from Aaron Rodgers. But since then, like, feels like that was the kind of the kick in the teeth that they needed because the Green Bay offense is is calmly averaging a field goal score literally every drive. So I do think they're going to be able to put, put up points against this Buccaneers defense, even despite what happened in that matchup that we're talking about here. Uh, Josh Allen, I, I understand that he didn't have the, that bombastic day against the Chiefs last time around. But man, they entered the playoffs so freaking hot. And the other factor I think that goes into this is the fact that the last last week they played the Baltimore Ravens. There are gusting winds and all this stuff, and they're still being aggressive trying to push the ball downfield. And I think the wind really hid what this Buffalo offense can be, along with playing you know the Baltimore defense that isn't close you know to to what the Chiefs are because the Chiefs are are, are so far behind them. I think in in quality. So I think. I'm probably going to continue to ride the Josh Allen trade. I'm going to get me some Aaron Rodgers, but I do think that I'm fading Patrick Mahomes. With with Tom Brady, is there anything specific that scares you off? Do you like any stacks there, or is it just something that you're you're not loving the value there? I'm not loving the value there. There's just no, uh, you know, I'm always looking for what what's going to give this quarterback the edge. I don't. There's nothing here that that pushes me towards Tom Brady as having an edge in this situation. Um, you know, traveling on the road in Green Bay, that's a tough environment. Just that alone, we don't uh, necessarily know uh, how he's going to play uh, given the weather. We There's just so many different things. I know Tom Brady is still Tom Brady, but uh, there's just no uh, factor for me that says right. like, oh, you know, that's a, that's a nudge in his favor. Um, and when the field is so small here, yeah. I, you need every edge you can get. And Tom Brady, his edge is that he's Tom Brady, but uh, I, I just want a little more. I'm I'm greedy like that. Let's see if we can get a little more from the running backs, but it's not a real enticing slate. I do love Aaron Jones, who is the highest priced running back at the top there at 6500 Uh The price drops all the way to 5300 for the next, which is Leonard Fournette, who has gotten plenty of touches, but... I don't think he's going to give you super dynamic. I mean, they've involved him in the passing game too a bit recently, but I'm not sure he's going to give you the, exactly the production that you're looking for. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is obviously questionable. There's Darren, uh, Daryl Williams, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. The Casey's had like three different Williams at running back <laughs> uh, recently. Uh, Rojo may come into play and eat into Fournette's touches. He's questionable as well. Uh, Devin Singletary, Motor. For, for Buffalo, not having to deal with uh, Zach Moss eating into his touches. When you look at this this running back group, does anything get you excited, Kate? Honestly, I think Aaron Jones uh, has to be the chalk play this week. And yeah. I think you have to roll with it because there is no, uh, if you want to play, you know, Russian roulette with any of these ancillary running backs, which I think that's what 
That's really what you're getting when you're playing any running back outside of Aaron Jones. Set your lineup with Aaron Jones as your your safe floor. Um, and then, you know, I'm I'm going to swing maybe towards, uh, yes, you guessed it, Daryl Williams for the pivot. Um, I, I think Daryl Williams is a, an interesting option. We've had uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's been, uh, who's been out with an ankle injury, was uh, considered a quote-unquote game-time decision, but he was actually ruled out, um, you know, a, a decent uh, amount of, uh, of hours in advance of that game. Um, I don't really think they expected him to play and suit up because uh, these high ankle sprains, these are, are long and grueling injuries for running backs when you've got, you know, your game is reliant on your power um, and your lower body effort. So I, I think, you know, the fact that he was out last week, uh, I, I think we have to temper expectations that even if Clyde Edwards Alaire is active for this game, He's definitely less than 100%. You have Le'Veon Bell, who hasn't been practicing. Um, it has a, a bit of knee swelling, as I understand it. Um, so Daryl Williams could actually be a really sneaky option if you are uh, looking to pivot away from the chalk after you land your Aaron Jones uh, and and try to you know get some diversity in your lineup. He's a capable pass catcher, and if, uh, you know, say – say Patrick Mahomes is a little bit less mobile pending act, you know, he's active. Maybe they do lean a little bit more on the run. Uh, maybe they do give Patrick Mahomes some of those short, uh, short pass options out of the backfield. Daryl Williams is perfect for that. I think he could be a really nice pivot play. I think, you know, with fantasy is so much about opportunity. And you mentioned Williams. Williams actually had more touches than Aaron Jones did last week. Aaron Jones only had, what was it, 15, 15 touches. Of course, he still has the two touchdowns on, on both sides of that, both rushing and receiving. So it's hard to stay away when he's that productive in, in, in reaching the end zone in recent weeks. But, like, he hasn't had 15 carries since going back to week 15. He hasn't had five catches going back to week 10. Uh, so there is some concern there that he might be, you know, touchdown dependent, hoping, hoping on a big run there. And you hope they get him involved in the passing game. Daryl Williams with, uh, like, like I mentioned, he had, no, I think it was 17 touches last week. So he should be able to have some, uh, some opportunities there. I'm staying away from, from Tampa Bay. I don't know what they're going to do with that backfield. And, you know, with, I mentioned, Devin Motor Singletary not having to compete with Zach Moss in terms of touches, but are there going to be touches? Because I feel like this is a game that could easily have anywhere from 80 to 100 passes. I mentioned it last week against Baltimore. The Buffalo Bills don't care about establishing the run at they all, do not. No, no matter the conditions. Uh, and that's why I like playing uh, uh, Josh Allen so much, because I know the opportunity is going to be there for him. So, that's that's a possible uh, uh, play to avoid there. When you when you look at the wide receivers talking about the passing game, who are who is going to catch all of these targets? We'll, we'll we'll start with the Buffalo KC game. We'll do it this way because you've got Tyree Kill obviously at the at the top of that game at seventy two hundred, and then Stephon Diggs at seven thousand. Just be, between those two, who who do you lean towards here? I'm going to go with Stephon Diggs uh, just for for a little bit of that value there. Just an absolute PPR monster. He's had uh, 100 receiving yards in five of his last six games. Uh, he's a touchdown machine. He's he's all about the volume. I just think he's the safest floor you could possibly get. But 
the upside, let's face it, uh, week 16 posted 145 receiving yards and three touchdowns. That's pretty much a Tyreek Hill ceiling. Mm. Um, and I, I do think that when we're looking at Stefan Diggs, he's uh, he's totally matchup proof for me. Uh, he's a volume guy. He's just he gives me everything that I'm looking for from Tyreek Hill and I get him at a discount. So what I'm going to do is is stick with Stefan Diggs. And if I'm looking to get a chief in the lineup, I'm going to spend up then on Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I, I I think that makes a lot of sense. And sticking with that game, there's actually another play in there for Buffalo. They they have some weapons that, that you can put in and out of lineups at, at really good value. Who is your value play from the Buffalo wide receiving core? I'm liking John Brown. Um, you know, I think we've we've gotten very uh, Mr. Smokey. We've gotten very caught up. And of course, Cole Beasley, who's been absolute lights out, uh, probably one of the more underrated wide receivers in the NFL this year. Just absolutely killing it. Um, great possession guy. But John Brown is the guy that we've seen have long term rapport with Josh Allen, has big playability, he has at least 62 receiving yards in four out of the last five games. Um, he looks healthy. And I think uh, if if this does turn into a, uh, you know, a game where the Buffalo Bills, they're going to throw. But if they have to throw even more to keep up with the Chiefs, um, you know, if they're able to score some points in this game, I think John Brown's going to be involved. Um, and, you know, he's he's one of the healthier options in this wide receiver core right now. And We're talking the, about discount. Yeah. At the price, forty three hundred. I, I, I like that a lot. Cole Beasley currently sitting at 4,100. What if I told you I like Miko Hardman, uh, Hardman in this one at, at 4,000? Feels big play dependent, but like it's a gamble that that if if you get a touchdown and, and some and a big splash play out of him, I like that for 4,000. What, what do you think? I, I don't I don't mind that. It's definitely uh, it's a splash play. Um, but you know, the nice thing about Nicole Hardman is that you can get him, uh, really on any end of the field, he's involved in, in all phases of the game. Uh, he'll get, you know, maybe a run, uh, on the game. He's, he's an interesting and diverse player and that, that ceiling is always there for him. Um, hasn't, hasn't been super productive lately. And I think that definitely contributes to, his lower price point, but the Buffalo Bills outside of uh, Tredavious White, they they haven't been shut down like we viewed them last year as a shut down secondary. They haven't been a shut down secondary. They've been yeah. good. They contain Lamar Jackson, but Kansas City, regardless of who's under center, is going to be able to to move the chains in this game. And Michael Hardman, he's he's Tyreek Light, extra light. <laughs> I like I, and I think you know they're going to get really creative with the with the play calling and I think when they do that I think a lot of that is going to involve Miko Hardman with with Tyree Kill as the bait and hopefully you know one of those trick plays comes off uh, for him so maybe I will I'm I'm debating myself <laughs> with it but let's go with Tampa Bay and Green Bay as far as wide receivers go Devontae Adams at 8000 obviously he's going to be uh, the chalk play for a lot of people are do you have to play him this week Kate you have to play him. Uh, the Bucks secondary is just playing out of their mind. The Bucks defense is is hard, and I, I I I think there are enough weapons within the Green Bay Packers that uh, you don't you know necessarily need to force force feed Devontae Adams. But 
I mean, let's face it, in the last three games, 42 yards, 142 and three touchdowns, of course, of course. Uh, but then 46 yards and a score, 66 yards and a score. It hasn't been, a, you know, a, a clear pathway to 100 and something receiving yards and a touchdown. It, I, I think given the price, I'll, I'll take a, a discount on, um, you know, a, another wide receiver, maybe a, uh, a, I'd rather honestly roll with the Bucks wideouts at this point. Really, because they weren't productive at all last week, but that may be reflected in their price too. I do think uh, we have to consider, um, you know, one one thing that I'm I'm liking, but not not necessarily liking. We do have Antonio Brown, who's a little banged up. We might see a higher concentration of targets between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin mm. with Antonio Brown banged up. Just one fewer uh, guy in the pot, even if he's active. Might not be in the lineup. He's seen his snap counts go down over the last couple of weeks. Um, so I do, I like the the fact that we might see a, just a, a concentrated target share there. Um, but Actually, I, I mean, yeah, I've got news that he's been ruled out for the oh. uh, the NFC Championship game. So that I just saw this on the uh, the timeline. I think that happened, maybe, well, so it was updated at 1228. We're recording at 1245, folks. So yeah. We got news on that front. You there can go, go in on the Bucks wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that um, that uh, solidifies my argument. Then I'm uh, <laughs> I'm hoping for those those increased target share. But you know, the the Packers secondary. Um, you know, I, I don't. They're not a shutdown secondary. Uh, I, I think they're going to be able to move the chains. I I, I just I, I like the Saints defense a bit better than I do the Packers. Um, just on all all ends of the front. I think yeah. we're going to see them move the ball a bit better than they did last week. I want to erase last week's matchup against the saints from my mind. Yeah. Um, we've seen this Tampa Bay offense have its ups and downs for sure. Um, and a lot of those downs have come against the the saints. So I'm just going to hope this is a one and off. Um, and, and I'm going to roll with thinking Chris Godwin is, yeah. is going to be my play there. Um, just, He's been there as a, a safe floor play. Um, you know, Mike Evans definitely has the higher ceiling of the two, but I think Chris Godwin's the play this week. Yeah, I mean, he's always going to be away from Jair Alexander Jair. for the most part. Yeah, so I, I, I like I like that that reasoning. Of course, they can move Mike Evans because Jair doesn't really shadow, but he is going to draw Jair a good amount of the time, and that matchup scares me with a, a somewhat limited Mike Evans that we've seen in recent weeks. Let's go to tight ends. We'll, we'll wrap up uh, our DFS talk with them. The, the the pricing on this is wild, but I think there might be a play. There is Kelsey at eight thousand. Is oh. that the is that the only play, or is like Big Bob Big, Big Bob Tunyon? Excuse me, <laughs> at thirty six hundred. I, oh. I kind of love that. <laughs> yeah, I I think um, you either have to go with Kelsey uh, or. Or Big Bob. I think that's really the only two directions I'm looking here. Um, you know, depending on how you build uh, the front end of your lineup in, in terms of your salary, if you have room for Travis Kelsey, absolutely. I don't care. He's the chalk play. Um, don't care about that because guess what? He's uh, he's a, a psycho. He is a, he is legitimately. I I don't understand how he does what he does. Um, but he hasn't had a game with fewer than 68 receiving yards since week seven. Mm. That's nuts. That is absolutely 
bonkers. He scores touchdowns. He is the centerpiece of the offense. Um, there's just no doubt about him whatsoever. And the ceiling's also there. So yes, I, I don't care if he's chalk. I'll go with Travis Kelsey if I have the room, but I do think the, the best other pivot is Robert Tunyon. He's not Robert Tunyon. He's not necessarily a guy that we look at as this big, uh, yardage performer, but of course he's always utilized in the end zone. He is an Aaron Rodgers favorite. Um, and he did actually post four for 60 last week. Didn't have a touchdown, but, um, you know, I, I like it. It's either you get that touchdown usually, or, uh, you know, you get the yardage with him. I feel like it's either one or the other. You're not going to get both like you will with a Travis Kelsey. But if you're looking to pivot, I feel like he's going to get you like a, a safe eight to 10 points regardless. Yeah. I, I agree. And that might be like a flex play that you couple with Travis Kelsey because that's super, super cheap uh, at that at that thirty six hundred. So I like that play. That. Yeah. So that's our that's our DFS advice uh, for the week. When we come back, we'll get into some quick betting advice as we look at these only only two games on the on the on the slate here. But we'll get into that when we come back here on the football cheat sheet right after this. We are back here on the football cheat sheet episode twenty. Brought to you by the SB Nation NFL show. Michael Kist here with Clairvoyant Kate. Kate Majuk <laughs> of DK Nation. Uh, as we look at these these betting lines, not a whole lot to discuss. So this will probably be pretty quick. But, I mean, is there anything that really stands out to you? And I'm, and I'm looking at your notes here. The, as far as the money line goes, which matchup, which team do you like best? I'm rolling with the Bills. They're, they're sitting at plus 145, which I actually think is... Um, super surprising just considering the fact that, uh, you do have questionable health in terms of Patrick Mahomes. I think the, uh, you know, the fact that they're so heavily favored into this matchup is less indicative of their recent play than it is just the fact that they're the chiefs and they're at home looking at that game against the Browns, not as close as I really thought it would be. You know, I, I mm. said, uh, I, I would consider betting the money line for the Browns. Um, and you know what? Like uh, looking back at that game, not not a blowout. Um, definitely not uh, the Chiefs that I think we all would have expected to see, especially with the fact that the Browns defense isn't that good. Even yeah. with Patrick Mahomes under center, um, just not Like they have the, the fumble out of bounds of the, the end of the end zone. If that if he scores that, that's a completely different game. And that's while, while Mahomes was in the game. Like, yeah. yeah, I agree. It was – Closer than I than I think a lot of people expected, and I yeah, and I think you're you're looking at a Bills offense that they are they're on a absolute tear right now, and you know what the most dangerous thing in the world is a team that feels like they need to be avenged, and this mm. is what the Buffalo Bills are right now, uh, and not only do they have the attitude and the the spirit right now, but they have all of the offensive pieces you need to accomplish anything that you need to do in that offense. So I'm I'm. I, I don't mind the bills. I like the fact that I'll, I'll make some money on that one. Uh, if they win, I like the odds. Cause honestly, if I'm, if I'm looking at this game, I feel like the, the odds should be closer to like a plus 100 for each of these teams. Cause it's just a total coin flip for me. Yeah. If I'm going with the money line, I'm also going with the bills. So we're either going to be 100% right on this show <laughs> or 100% wrong. Uh, depending what you think of us, decide what to do with your money uh, with, with that in mind. Let's keep it with that game for for the over-under here because with the over-under set at 54, I believe it is, at the time of this recording, 
Uh, pretty pretty high number, but I I personally feel pretty confident in the over. What's what's your case for the under in this one? I'm I'm gonna roll with the under. I think 54 is a number that I I definitely be smashing if we had the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes at full health. I'm not super excited about this one because it does it feels like a trap game. Um, you know the Buffalo defense. We have seen them button things up. In the last few weeks, like like I said, they're not shut down, but they've played really well to their opponents. Um, you know, I, I was really impressed with what they were able to accomplish with the Ravens. Uh, the Kansas City defense has been playing well. I don't. Uh, this is a, a matchup for me that is either going to be very low scoring or it is going to be over the top high scoring <laughs> um, because it, I think they both have so many strengths on both sides of the ball. I don't think I need to smash the over. It's set just high enough that I I feel comfortable taking the under here. In the last three games, Buffalo is fourth in the league with 17.7 points allowed. So they have definitely been uh, a heck of a lot better than they were to to start the season. Uh, even on the road, their splits are, are pretty good there. Kansas City only allowing 23 points uh, in the last three games. So they... They've been not not terrible. I mean, that's probably sitting around. It's probably sniffing around, you know, top 10 around average for the NFL. So it certainly could be that. I think I'm still going to smash the over. I'm, th- I'm thinking it might look like that Rams-Chiefs game. I think that was Monday night. That's where... the American dream right there. <laughs> the that American is dream. Yes, in action. That would be amazing. I think every, I think that's what everybody wants and kind of expects. And, man, I, I hope it delivers. But maybe it'll disappoint and you'll win some money on that one. Looking at the prop bets, we talked about tight ends, and we didn't mention Rob Gronkowski, but there is a prop bet that you like with him where you're saying he's going to be more product, uh, productive than Vegas says. Uh, what do you think about Gronk's game? What's that bet there? I really like uh, his over-under for receiving yards. Uh, Gronk is sitting at 28.5 receiving yards. I'm going to take the over there. Uh, as we did learn, Antonio Brown officially ruled out, uh, and this is a, a matchup where the Packers have allowed the – um, you know, the seventh fewest yards per game to the tight end. But guess what? If you look at their opponents, uh, I think they look uh, a lot. Uh, the mat, the the stats per game look tough, but when mm. you look at the, the tight ends they've faced, not good. But Rob Gronkowski uh, had one of his best games of the season against the Packers earlier this year. Um, and I, I think between the target share and opportunity, I like that. You know, I, I like the the fact that Rob Gronkowski, his line's just set so low. I know he hasn't been overly productive, uh, just 14 yards over the last two weeks, um, but he's still seeing a, a nice, healthy snap share. Um, at 54 snaps in week 18, 55 last week. So he's on the field. He's involved. Um, you know, I think they've just, they've had other, uh, other directions to go to, but this is this is like prompt. Oh my gosh, prime time Gronk time. Uh, <laughs> that that was like the hardest thing I've ever said in my life. Um, prime time Gronk time. But there it is. You know, to close out the season, uh, you know, twenty nine yards, fifty eight yards, twenty nine yards. I I could see uh, maybe around uh, forty yards, forty five, maybe yeah. a touchdown in this game, um, and and. Boom, you you smash the over 28 and a half. It just seems low uh, for the opportunity here and what could be a high scoring game. 
Yeah, seems very doable uh, for Gronk, who, who gets all those snaps. The the one that I find funny, the, the prop bet that I'm looking at, is rushing yards. And I'm looking at Bills against the Chiefs. And you can tell Vegas knows how much the Bills like to pass. For rushing yards, the over-under is Josh Allen at 33.5 with the running back, Devin Singletary, at 39.5, only six yards oh more. Oh, my. That's the prop bet. And, and look, Motor hasn't hit over that that total since week 15 since then he's been 36 yards 7 yards 21 25 yards on the ground so i i i don't know i might I take like a chance under there. and and you know what it's not even um you know due to a lack of efficiency he just hasn't yeah. been super involved he hasn't had more than 10 carries since week 13 um even with Zach Moss out of the lineup Last week, seven carries, seven, seven carries. That's <laughs> that is not the involvement that you want to see. I, you know, if anything, um, you know, I, I, I like the fact that he could be able to to get some targets there uh, yeah. because he has been more involved as a receiver, but it's not there for the run game. I we can't force it. We can't make it happen. <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't I'm want not, it to happen. <laughs> I don't want it. I want it all to funnel through Josh Allen. Um, but yeah, I feel uh, actually more comfortable with Josh Allen's over for the rushing yards than I do for Devin Singletary's, which is just a weird, weird yeah. thing to say. I like it. I, I think I'm of this of the same mind there. All right, Kate, that that does it uh, for our overview of the the championship games here coming up this weekend, both DFS and gambling advice. For you, any last words for the gentle listeners before we get out of here, Kate? Absolutely. Everybody, please be sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. Drop your fantasy, DFS, and gambling questions in the comments with a five-star review. If you're feeling so generous, we'll answer them on the next episode. Uh, be sure to come play DFS with us. Uh, standard lineup, 50K salary cap, 10 people, $10 buy-in, and top three payout. Uh, Gina Thomas, uh, Gina We'll post the uh, the link to that hopefully here pretty soon. We know she is a, a busy, busy lady. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to join us for Monday Football Monday where Pete Sweeney, RJ Ochoa, and Michael Kiss will break down all of Sunday's action. We will catch you next time. Go dominate and have yourselves a day. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.